You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? some untapped keg i'm one of your hosts rj zimmerman here with my brother-in-law monte ball how are you doing on this 40th episode 40 episodes man i'm doing well though by the way all is well um relatively speaking of course i always gotta always gotta say that but 40 episodes man How, how are you doing i'm hanging in there it was uh roller coaster of a week i guess you could say which is probably pretty yeah, it was, uh, you know, Monday I talked about last week, mm-hmm. my wife having surgery and I was nervous about it. So Monday rolls around, get everything taken care of, just waiting for a phone call because the night before I found out I couldn't be in the waiting room So because right. of COVID. Thanks, COVID. Right. Yeah, that's that that presents many anxieties. So I was I was able to keep myself busy uh, for the most part, clean the house a little bit. Did some laundry, uh, played some video games, read a book. But around 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, that was the longest two hours I've had in a very long time, waiting for the phone call. Right. So, But everything's good. Got the phone call after that. It was all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but uh, <laughs> yeah, work, work was pretty easy and they had two days. So pretty much just making it. Uh, everything ready for me to be gone for three weeks. Same with my coworkers. So we got all that stuff buttoned up and then, um, yeah, it was, uh, had day off Thursday, but just Mm. taking care of these kids. I hear you, man. I I hear you. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's always, it gets difficult around the holidays, especially living in the Midwest when many individuals experience sad, that seasonal affective disorder is, is, is quite heavy on, on some, um, I mean, it's, I don't know about you, but it seems like it's daylight savings just keep just keeps getting pushed back, back, and back. And before we know it, it's going to be dark at one p.m. Um, because I don't really. I, <laughs> it is not dark at one p.m. I, 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 <laughs> I'm saying it. It just feels like it because I I don't know when I was younger. It just seems like it would you know daylight savings or you know when when I don't I don't really know, but it just seemed like it would get dark still around like six. Now it's like four o'clock. That's because you didn't notice it. I guess, yeah, you know, everything. you didn't. Time meant nothing to you when time you were is, younger. Time is relative, absolutely. That's, Thanks I mean, that's time. just like, you know, my kids, my oldest is noticing the sun coming up and going down, and yeah, he, you know, he goes, "Daddy, the sun's going down. The sun's <laughs> going bye bye." I'm like, yeah, it's time for the sun to go night night. The sun is going bye bye. <laughs> yeah, so. He talks a lot now. He talks yeah. a lot now. I- <laughs> if you let him, he will talk your ear off. <laughs> Absolutely. So my week, man, um, nothing nothing too crazy. I mean, um, work has been busy. Um, me getting a lot of the work done there um, and really connecting with other individuals in the community um, to really – just shed light on mental health, uh, mental wellness, really, um, and to really focus on 
kind of breaking down the stigmas that surround it. Um, that's really been a goal of mine. But other than that, it's been a been a pretty chill, you know, week. I'm still kind of coming down from my high, in a sense, from my birthday, my birthday party that you guys threw for me. <laughs> we already talked about how it's an entire month for you. It is. It's not just a week or a day. Yeah. So uh, it's okay. Exactly. You, you can be real. So it is my birthday month. You are correct. So I know that your son is turning three here soon, but I, hopefully your son got me a birthday present um, because I was definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> no, but but all is well, man. All is well. I'm 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 a little uh, and I and I don't want to you know prematurely speak on it as you know we have our segments here, but something's just weighing heavy on my chest, man. And the hot take is coming right now. It is coming, man. I'm sorry, but I got I to speak on it. It's our Badgers, man. I mean, if we want to speak about my week, what I'm stressed out about, that that would be yesterday. The Badgers play. What in, happened? In they Iowa played? at Kinnick Stadium. You're, great point. You're right. I don't even know if they showed up. I think they still sat on the bus um, when the coin flip happened. So, I, I, RJ... RJ, what's 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 happening, man? I mean, I mean, what what's going on? And and again, I understand we have a young team, and obviously with COVID, there is not an extensive amount of training during training camp. There's not an extensive amount of workouts, etc., because of social distancing. COVID, some games were canceled. I get it. This is a this season is an anomaly in a sense. It's it's not normal. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still football. You still have a game plan. You still have to study it. You still have to show up. You still have to perform um, because of your high expectations, the coaches' high expectations, and also the fans. So I'm just, I'm just a little disappointed in our performance because the defense is playing some really good football. And I would be quite upset if I was a defensive player at the offense because the offense is not pulling this together. And from top to bottom, I think, I think some things need to change. Um, I'm I'm quite impatient, but I don't know, man. I really want to hear your take on it before I really dive into it. Um, I think it's a gut check time. I, yeah, <laughs> for everybody involved. I mean, right. I feel bad for the seniors on defense. Um, kind of not a great way to go out. Not how you want to remember, you know, your career as a Badger. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Offensively, they just aren't there. I mean, I Berger was a late scratch. We don't know what that was about. We still don't know. Could be an illness, family, right. anything. Um, right. That hurts when it's your best offensive player right now. That's uh, true. You lose them. That, that does not make things easier. But you get the ball inside the 10 and you do four straight passes. Yeah. Is this the Badgers? Uh, or are we, I mean, are we a, a, a or is this Purdue? Or like, HBC team or, or so? I don't even know. Like, it's, it's, uh, and I get the, the, the thing that frustrates, the thing that frustrates me about that is Watson was getting five yards right. generally. So, yeah, I don't, <laughs> it was, it was a tough game to watch. Um, even defensively, I felt like there were a couple times where they, um, there were some mental letdowns. Yeah. Um, 
especially I mean, that that second passing touchdown. Oh yeah, this dude just ran free and nobody, literally nobody turned and went with him. And then when he caught the ball, everybody just jogged, made it look like, oh, I I'm coming after. But that's just that could just be a mental error, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think the the coaching staff being able to being unable to draw up a game plan after the past couple weeks is the most frustrating. I mean, there were some very, very good play calls in there, but the game plan in general just was not, not there. That's it's not there. There's no, they lack depth. They lack layers with their game play. Their play calling. So, let me give you an example. You remember right before halftime, we had the ball. There was, what, one second, two seconds, I think, whatever it was. Um, and I assumed that we would just take a knee, of course, and chalk it up as, okay, we didn't do so well in the first half. Let's make some adjustments, come out in the second half and perform way better. Why, RJ, why if there's a couple seconds left on the on, on the clock – right before halftime. If you're going to run a play, why won't you go deep? Why would you run a fullback dive? Why would you run a fullback dive risking injuries on a play that's not going to get you anywhere as opposed to okay, if I'm going to if I'm going to call a play, let's take a shot. Screw it. Let's take a shot. Four verts or something like that. You you know, you know what I'm saying? I I I I did not understand that. And obviously that's just an example of 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 many but just the lack of depth, I think, with the play calling is really frustrating me. And also the lack of adjustments after halftime. Um, well, from game to game. Exactly. It, 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 it has not, we have not seen an improvement. And obviously on the other side of the football, that being with Jimmy Leonard running that defense, I mean, they're playing some lights out football. Yeah, they're still making mental errors here and there. They're kids, but... I still think that that's a top five defense in the nation. And yeah, people would agree, agree with that. Yeah. But as for the offense, there should not be that. I mean, that just night and day difference is mind blowing to me. And it's very frustrating. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Graham Mertz. I hopefully the hype didn't get to his head too soon, which is obviously not his fault. Um, about well, the hype. he should have blocked out the noise, gotta, but yeah, take some personal responsibility. I agree. True. Good point. Good point, because I think that that performance by him is um, I don't even know if 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 right now, if which we're which he's I'm sure he's grateful that obviously his career is not going to end right now. But if we were to end his career right now, I mean, I don't even know if he would rank anywhere, anywhere, um, you know, on a list of quarterbacks that came through Wisconsin. Um, and, and again, he's a kid. I, hopefully he will improve. And I know he will improve. I just I, I'm just, you know, I just. I'm just expect way more, way, way more. I'm sick and tired of us fighting and being content with second place in the Big Ten. And and obviously, as of right now, we're not even fighting for second place, but just as a whole for the last eight, nine years, second place. Let Ohio State be first. We'll go second place. I'm sick of that. I'm tired of that. I agree. Um, We feel the same there. Um, Hopefully, yeah, next year you can – Figure out everybody can grow, everybody can get better. Hopefully they take this as a lesson to uh, get better, to not just sit 
and think that you are going to beat people just by showing up because that's at you know college football big ten level that's not how it works right any team can beat you on any given day it, mm-hmm. so the coaching staff really needs to take a hard look in the mirror and figure out what they can do to make you know the the talent better not mm-hmm. what the talent can do to make their game plans better right right yeah i mean i i most definitely agree with you there and i think it's i have a question for you so like what would you know with with uh with jimmy leonard obviously crushing it since he stepped on board with the badgers how what kind of will power does this man have to turn down five million six million dollar a year contract because you know it's going to come it's going to start coming if it hasn't already to obviously transfer to the the sec or something like that similar to dave aranda yep exactly what keeps him with the badgers after last year after this year you know what i'm saying let's 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 be real one thing i didn't meant forgot forgot to mention is yeah we we our offense was is, was playing with with um, without a few of our starters. That being Berger, of course. That being Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. Uh, I, okay, that's gonna you know we we in a sense we limped into that game. I understand that, but I still feel like we could have performed just a little better than well, we did. It's Wisconsin football. You you have high expectations and justly so. So that's right. not an excuse. All right, You've been so. without Pryor and Davis for three games, and okay, you haven't been able to do anything in those three games i mean two yeah they they are two key pieces they're very 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 good route runners sure-handed uh they have really good timing with mertz but you're not putting personnel in putting uh plays in that can maximize what you have so when you have like a groshek who's pretty decent at catching the ball out of the backfield when you have a uh a second tight end who's shown that he can um, make some catches, run some 12 personnel, um, you know, do some bootlegs where you have the the tight end slip through the backfield and get into the shallow cross, do some, uh, you know, do some, do some fake counters and have mm-hmm. the linemen pull around and then you can uh, have DK come across, you know, a deep cross across the middle like, you know, 20, 25 yards downfield and use that arm that Mertz has. One thing, you know, that's a plus is you can see the talent with Mertz. Um, a lot of his throws, a lot of really nice looking spirals, a lot right. of, uh, you know, that interception in the end zone on that fourth down, it was a pretty ball. It He needs to learn that he can't set his feet if he's going to throw that ball. Right. Um, that's why the defender the was able to get where he was. It was not a good throw. It was not a good decision, but it wasn't a very good play call anyway. You only had two two receivers out there on a fourth down. That's not not what you're looking for. Um, right. Honestly, on that play, looking at it, I would have preferred if you would have forced it into uh, Ferguson, especially based on how he stopped to turn his shoulders to make the throw to the fullback. But um, that's just – that's stuff that you can learn from. Um his decision making is questionable. I would say his reads are questionable because he's reacting. He's not 
seeing what's there. So there were probably there was that uh, Passa Dunn that was just a it would have been a touchdown had he put it on him or in front of him, but um, because he was reacting, he put it where he was and it was behind him. There was a that was on a fourth down play. There was another. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's there's a couple other throws where the receiver was wide open, and because he's reacting and he's not anticipating, um, he's throwing to the receiver. And by the time he's throwing it to the receiver, it's too late. So I like that take. I really do, and I think that's a. I think that's. Um, I think that's pretty accurate. And I and I actually didn't th- think about that really. Um, he, he's he's not going through his progression. I mean, he's young. He's a young quarterback playing on a big stage. Um, but he's got to obviously learn to develop going through his progression um, and, you know, doing what he needs to do instead of just reacting. And I, 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 I will have to second that for sure. But you did not answer my question. And so Jimmy Leonard, yeah, Leonard going to stay? Yeah, absolutely. With the I, offense no. playing the way they're playing, how does Jimmy Leonard turn down a five million dollar contract? If he, year? if his real goal, and he, he has said this, his real goal is to be head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I think maybe he stays. I think the next thing the Badgers could do, I don't know if he is this yet, but make him the assistant head coach, give him more responsibilities, grooming him for the position. Yeah, um, but I mean, Chris is going to be around for, I'm assuming Chris has another 10 years. I mean, uh, look at Kirk Barron's. My guess is, right. My guess is that, uh, with Leonard's kind of rise to stardom, that they going to force Chris out. I don't know if they're going to. They maybe have an understanding that uh, when Leonard's ready, he's going to take over. But I don't know. That could, I could be completely wrong on that. I At mean, at this I'm, point, the NFL is going to come knocking. You um, know it. You know it. That was the same thing with Dave Aranda. You knew that it's it's the exact same situation that we had with him. You knew yes. with what how the way the defense was performing under Aranda. Somebody who would give assistant coaches more money was going to come around, um, and that was LSU. That correct? was LSU, and they won a, yep. won a national title. And you can't blame him for taking that job, taking that money that he got. That's five million a season and or a year, and we're talking a season. We're talking what four months? Yeah, months? I mean, uh, with yeah, recruiting and everything. Yeah, I'm it's gone. A, it's a full time job, but a million dollars a month. During the year, but what about True. the off season and everything else? I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is Recruiting coaching. Coaching is, okay. yeah, three sixty five. Like True. a week job. Um, I'm sure you get weeks off here and there, but I'm it's few and far between, pretty much guaranteed. Right. But uh, I don't think he's gonna stay. I don't think he's gonna stay. I really don't. I, I yeah, I, I don't think so either. I can see maybe bringing them back down the road, but. Uh, because here's my thing. I think Coach Christ, I love Coach Chris. Coach Chris was my offensive coordinator. You know this, of course, my four years playing. He is a phenomenal offensive coordinator. As a head coach, I'm not completely sold on him as a head coach. I'm really not. I think that because at first when he was head coach, he was kind of wearing two hats. He was obviously the head coach, but still having his hands in the offensive play calling. And then obviously they brought uh, Joe Rudolph on board. And when Joe Rudolph came, or well, yeah, because Rudy, I think, went to Pitt, and then he came back. And when he came back, now he's the offensive coordinator. And I feel like we're missing something there. I feel like, you know, he's not really – 
not really getting it, uh, you know, done and stuff like that. So I, 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 I just feel like Coach Chris really needs to just go back to being the offensive coordinator because I think that he just really, really excelled there. Do you th- I don't know if he would – once you're head coach, do you really accept that you're not head coach material? I mean, I think there's been a few people who have accepted that. Maybe, you know, you got Kubiak, you got uh, – even the Kubiak, though, he – was he the head coach when the Broncos won? Uh, yeah, he was. He yeah. was the – Gary Kubiak yeah. was I mean, the one who released me. <laughs> who – I'm. I don't know who. But yeah, they won the you don't, Super Bowl. That once year, you become yeah. head coach, you don't accept that uh, you're just a coordinator. You're always looking to be a head coach again. So exactly. Yeah. I think you can see in the overall strategies that uh, there's a little bit too much leniency granted, maybe to. Uh, mm. Assistant coaches, if it is for sure, just like Rudolph calling the plays and um, coming up with the schemes. I'm as a head coach, you got your hand in that. It's really your overall what you want, right? But I just uh, maybe maybe Chris needs to take the play calling back over. I don't. Know. I would love that. I'm um, telling you, man. Oh, I'm telling you. Sorry to cut you off, man. I just get so passionate about that topic right there that you just said because I lived it. I lived it with Coach Chris in meeting rooms. He's a genius when it comes to play calling. Yeah, we were fortunate enough to have Russell Wilson, of course. I mean, that helped. That most definitely helped. But still, I I, I just think, obviously, prior to Russell Wilson 2010, Big Ten champs. Guess who was offensive coordinator? Coach Chris, 2011, Big Ten champs. Guess who was offensive coordinator? Coach Chris, 2012, Big Ten champs. Uh, no, it wasn't. He was wasn't not the Chris. coach. He, he wasn't Chris. It was Canada, Matt Canada right? in 2012. So, yeah, I only had Coach Chris actually for three years as the offensive coordinator. And then 2012, my senior year, he actually did leave. But but we went eight and six my senior year, senior year I believe. And that was without Coach Chris as the offensive coordinator. So, I mean, I I – I love when he just wears that one hat because he's a genius at it. And I, and I feel like, yeah, every everybody obviously in their field, obviously they want to climb the ladder. So him going from OC to head coach, I understand that. But sometimes I think I wish he wasn't around a bunch of yes men or yes men. I want for people to challenge his mind, challenge his, his thought process, and possibly have somebody come in there and say, hey, I think you were better at being an offensive coordinator. Now they might not have a job after saying that, but I feel like that would be that would be extremely helpful. I mean, it's just it's honestly true to life, right? You don't want a bunch of yes men. You want people who are right. going to challenge you, make you better, make you uh, question why you believe what you believe in a good way. Right. Um, maybe that is what they're missing in that coaching room. Maybe that's what where they think, oh, our players are better than their players, whether that's true or not. To have that, that's not fair to the players to have that mindset going in. Um, right. You know, just you can see it every time they run a trap or a counter, like they they blow everybody up. And yep. they, that's 7, 8, 10, 20 yards every single time. Every time. And then 
they just come when they line up and they're like, okay, beat them. It's just like maybe two or three yards at the most. Um, you know, that shovel pass on that fourth down to Groshek, what an amazing play call. What an amazing play design. But then you're going to run it when they know it's coming um, at the goal line. And it's like, okay, yeah, it worked that once, but that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah it's just, um, it's, fr- it's, it, it is frustrating. It's frustrating. It's, Hopefully somebody can be a challenger in there. Maybe maybe it will be Jim Leonard and he'll come in and get fired up, but he has the weight behind him. He has the credibility. And and if I would had to pick somebody, um it, obviously I'd pick him because he you know, his job security is is quite secure. So I mean, I think that he would be the one to challenge it, but I feel like like exactly what you were just which what you're saying is what I stated at the beginning of this episode, which is we lack a significant amount of, there's no depth. There's no adjustments. There's no, we're just barely scratching the surface of what we're capable of doing. And it's just extremely frustrating because I'm just sick and tired of us just being content with second and third place. Uh, We have not won the big 10 championship since 2012, my senior year. We're almost going on 10 years, RJ, of not even winning our conference. See, I'm a Wisconsin sports fan, so um, that's just kind of par for the course. You know, you get your expectations <laughs> up, you get your hype levels up, and next thing you know, it's overtime. You don't even get to touch the ball. Defense gave up a touchdown. Um, <laughs> or, you know, it's the the <laughs> next thing you know, you got a home game, game seven, and uh, you're only going to get two hits. Or... Or, and this is a good one too, you know, you just, uh, you go up 2-0 in the conference finals and you lose four straight. I mean, that's basically being a Wisconsin sports fan right there in a nutshell. Um, It just... I hear you. It's demoralizing. (laughs) That's what it is. It just, you know, it's just like learned helplessness. Kind of, kind of. I mean, you're helpless anyway because you have no control Ooh. over what happens. However, you also don't get your hopes up because you know the rug's going to be pulled out from under you. And we had a lot Learned. of fun. Sorry, I'm still stuck on that. Learned helplessness. Psychological term. Look it up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, fam- I'm familiar, but I just, just you using that in this context is hilarious because I laugh because. Obviously, I was not a Wisconsin fan prior to um, coming or going to Wisconsin, obviously, uh, to play football. But I'm still only a Badgers fan. I'm not a Packers fan. Um, and and, and I, I laugh because, I mean, countless amount of times you've expressed your disgust with how Wisconsin sports, we typically get right there, right there at the cusp of greatness, but fall short time and time again. And that is the Packers. That's the Badgers, uh, Brewers as well, and Bucks. Uh, Don't forget the Bucks. Bucks. Don't you and dare the leave the Bucks out of this. Because and the let Bucks. Me tell you, if Boone right there does the- it one more time, you're gone, bruh. You're gone. Right. I forgot about the bu- yeah the Bucks in the bubble, crushing it, crushing it prior to the bubble, and then fall short. Wisconsin sports, or I mean, last year they were the best team in the NBA again. And right. they lose in the conference finals after going up 2-0. <laughs> I 
because some guy named Fred Van Vliet can't miss a shot. You can't. Fred Van Vliet. I mean, dude got paid in the offseason. He had a he had a good year again this year. He was just waiting for his moment, I guess. But why does moment right. have to be then? You know, right, right. The opportunity presented itself, and he capitalized on it. And that's what's what I'm upset about with our Badgers is because this is not this is not Wisconsin football, and and it is what it is. We will grow, but I do want to hear before we obviously speak about my Broncos who have limped into every single game this year. Um, Excuses. About your Packers report. Excuses. Uh, we, yeah, I'll get to that take here in a bit, but I want to hear about your Packers. I know they play the Lions today, and, uh, you know, I know that obviously you're a diehard Rodgers fan. And I Let me start it out with this. Based on the statistics you told me last time, I will eat – Crow, because I think, what, maybe seven, eight episodes ago, I said that I do not believe Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer at the current moment. And that was a ignorant statement, I will admit it, because based on the statistics that you told me, what was that, like two days ago, three days ago, or last week, last possibly, week. their last game, um, yeah, he, he's going he's gonna to get that. He's he, going to get that first ballot. He got the 400 touchdowns, 12 mm-hmm. games faster than anybody else. Do you know who That's he was 12? Like do you know who is 12 games faster than? Brett? No. Drew Brees. Joe Montana. The person that oh, you Drew like Brees. to say has had a better career than him. So, eat it. I I I'm I am eating it and it is delicious. Uh, um, his his year, so he's the first player in NFL history to have five seasons above 35 touchdown passes. Um, He's the fastest to 400. Devonta Adams caught his 200th touchdown and his 400th touchdown. Devonta Adams is unreal. Also, another stat I heard after last game, Devonta Adams went over 1,000 yards for only the second time in his career, which is unbelievable to me. Seven. This is his seventh year. He's been for seven years? Yeah. He's he is so good. He's so talented. He's like he's been a top five receiver for the past four years, and he's only gone over a thousand one other time. That's unreal, hmm. unreal to that me. That is, um, they, I mean that has to do with injuries and uh, Rogers was out for two of those seasons. So that's true. That that has a lot to do with it. However, it still just boggles my mind that someone that talented didn't have the counting stats. So he. Yeah, he like I said, I've I've said it loudly, I've said it proudly, I said it since his um third year that Devontae Adams I honestly might have said it before then, but I I will say I definitely said it his third year. Devontae Adams is the most talented Packers wide receiver since Sterling Sharp. And I honestly believe that. And I think he's showing it. Um you know, Sterling Sharp, I I just remember you know, I love to watch him play football. Like he's the one who made me interested in football, watching uh Brett Favre and Sterling Sharp, but mostly right. it was Sterling Sharp before Brett Favre. So um okay. you know, I don't have a lot of re- memories of specific games, but I just I know that um Sterling Sharp was, you know, he was my favorite player back then. So mm-hmm. he was he mm-hmm. deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for the numbers he put up in such a short amount of time. Um, I hear you. 
I know you guys got the Lions today. They have they have a chance to, you know, secure the division and earn a playoff bid with a win and a Vikings loss. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it'd be huge to win, obviously, because obviously, you know, then you secure your 10-win season. You uh, are that much closer to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. it would be, yeah, it, it would be awesome to win, but and you're in a dome. And the offense just takes off in a dome. But the Lions played a lot better last week. They fired their weakest link, which was their head coach. Uh, Quintez Cephas is showing up. Dude. He's getting – well, I wouldn't say he's showing up as if he was lacking play. I think it was just – he just wasn't given his opportunities. He wasn't getting in the game. He was extremely deficient in play clock time. Um, which is not his fault. So I, I'm, I'm happy to see him really getting in the game and, and getting some clock because obviously last week I think he, he caught a pretty sick catch, huh? I, I saw – it may have been last week or, or two uh, weeks ago. It was ago, last but, week. Yeah, so. I knew he would be. come back to bite the Packers too because the Packers didn't take him. But that's just how it is. That's how it's going to be. And – Dude's got a lot of talent, so hopefully he can keep balling out. <laughs> Just not today, huh? <laughs> he can ball out today as long as the Packers still win. That's how I feel. Um, my God. Yeah, I think that the past two weeks, well, the Bears, they dominated. So last week against the Eagles, there was a little bit of a struggle for a little bit on the defensive side of the ball again. Um, I hope they can kind of shore it up and um, – play a full game. Granted, they only gave up 16 points, so was it really that much of a struggle? Mm. It just felt like there was a momentum shift in there that Aaron Jones ripped back and said, not today. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm nervous going into every game because of uh, exactly what we were talking about with Wisconsin fan dome. Like, uh, <laughs> and it, honestly, if they lose, like I said last week, it's not the end of the world. It's a division game. Like, you could lose any... Any game, the the Vikings were terrible till they beat the Packers. Uh, Dalvin Cook went off for almost 300 yards and like six touchdowns. Like, I know it wasn't that, but that's what it felt like. And weirder things have happened. Um, I remember the year with Brett Favre. Brett Favre like looked like a younger self with uh, Mike McCarthy, and the Packers lost to the Bears twice, and they went 13 and three. So. Division games, and I'm pretty sure the Bears did not finish with a winning record that year. So, division games really are a toss-up. Absolutely, yeah, because it doesn't matter. Records don't matter in division games because it's every single opponent you play in your division is a rivalry. Because um, obviously, every single team in your division is fighting to, you know, get out of that division. And I'm just speaking when I say get out, obviously win the division. So. I like I like what you just said right there because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter going into that game. Your record, you're playing a division rivalry game, and it's going to be a fight. Going to be a fight to the end. One, one thing I will say is that their offense is just unbelievable. It doesn't matter who they're playing and how good the team they're playing is. Their yeah. philosophy is so good that they can move the ball on anyone. So that's fun to see. That's a difference from last year. And a lot of the young players, Valdez Gantling had. Another terrible drop. I think he probably had two of them. Um, but then he just he makes a play that makes you be like, 
well, you got to take the bad with the good because he's going to make some good plays. Uh, you got St. Brown who looks like, you know, if he can stay healthy, he looks like he's going to be uh, a very usable piece. And Alan Lazard looks like a true number two receiver, which is awesome to see. That's aw- that, What a great find by uh, right. Goody. So, Brian Gudekinst. <laughs> Packers GM. So, so what you got? So uh, uh, I mean, I guess I guess you already stated it. you're a little nervous for today, but I, I think they're still going to win by. I, I think they're right. by double digits. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still going to predict predict that, but that doesn't that doesn't mean I feel good about it. Right. But I just the the Lions get DeAndre Swift back. I just man. Adams should feast today, and honestly, I could see it being Lazard too. Like both of them, just and then, yeah, Tunyon has come on too. Like this could be, it could be a big day for the offense. The offense putting up forty plus points. So, right, right. We'll see, man. We'll see. Absolutely. So I, 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 you know, me not being a Packers fan, uh, although I, I, I will say that's every every you know a lot of the players who I came across in the league do say. You know that's you know, the Packers franchise is one of the best franchises from top to bottom. I think, I think there's a lot of benefits of not having an owner. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot more loyalty there. But uh, being a Broncos fan, um, oh, man, are we beat up? We are beat up, and I, I'm a little disappointed in our Broncos from last week um, playing the Chiefs in Arrowhead. We Melvin Gordon was on fire, on fire, and then all of a sudden we stopped giving them the ball. RJ, I, I really don't understand why coaches do that. I don't understand, and I think this is why. This is what I told you the other day, um, where I believe that most coaches they 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 get really too much into the whole to chess match, and they obviously they they. They screw themselves. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that. I don't think it's difficult to obviously be a coach, but I feel like it's stick with what you know if, and stick with what's working. Don't try to fix something that's not broken. And I feel like if the run game is working, I am going to call those plays until you stop it. And they weren't stopping Melvin, but all of a sudden we started to spread the ball around and fell short to being the beating the Chiefs, a division game. Um, and obviously the Chiefs went in the Super Bowl last year. So today we got the Panthers. The beat up pants, excuse me, the beat up Panthers, but uh, you never know. I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I really, really don't. We should come out with a victory, but I mean, should you? You're the Denver Broncos, and you're playing for a draft pick at this point. Should you win? Do you really think you should? See, I'm glad you mentioned that because I kind of felt, you know, that I, I kind of felt that last game. Um, I I I do believe, and I'll agree with you there. I think we're fighting for the top draft pick. Because no, you're not fighting for the top draft pick. That's well, not the Jaguars, the <laughs> who find impressive ways to lose, and the Jets, who find even more impressive ways to lose. That's true. I guess I, I guess I guess top eight at least. But it's it's. I mean, if you watched that game last week, Melvin. Had a run for 65 yards. He was playing some really good football, and all of a sudden we stopped giving him the ball. I'm like, okay, I really do not understand that. And people were going off on Twitter as well, um, expressing their same disgust that uh, I had. And so fast forward, obviously, to this week. I'm not sure which 
coach or offensive coordinator is going to show up um, because I I, I uh, get really frustrated. Obviously, the Broncos the Broncos have not had a really good season, not not anywhere close to having a really good season. Um, if you want my honest take on it, I think John Elway should – I think his time should be up, which uh, I know I'm not the only Broncos fan who, who thinks that. I think, I, think his, I think he's on thin ice for sure. Um, and honestly, I believe if Bolin um, had not passed – and if he, and prior to him passing, if he was not ill, I believe Elway would be gone already. Um, but I think that's the problem with getting Elway, getting somebody like that who who won you some Super Bowls as your GM because he's done so much work for the franchise. It's going to be tough to get rid of him. And I, so I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot there, but – Hopefully, um, you know, my take, I, I really want for him to go because I think that we can get somebody better in there that will do a better job of getting a quarterback because obviously since Peyton Manning, it has been a Rolodex of quarterbacks since. And, and every single year it's been a new, new quarterback because we just cannot solidify a quarterback for that position, the guy, and that falls on Elway's shoulders. So I think he's obviously sitting on a hot seat right now, and I hope – I hope we get rid of them. I really, really do. So we do got the Panthers today, and I'll watch, but I'll probably be disgusted with the performance. Uh, but we will see. I, uh, yeah, I think that I. Th- you want to know my honest opinion? Elway yeah. is actually pretty decent at finding you, uh, talent. Uh, the the place that he really, really stinks, and it's really hurt the franchise is at the quarterback position. He keeps giving really bad contracts to old quarterbacks, and um, it keeps coming back to bite you guys. But like the talent level of the offense top to bottom, the talent level of the defense top to bottom, both are solid, like legit solid. You lost Von Miller, and your defense is still really good. And not to mention the corners that you've lost in the past, you know, four years. Um, that defense is nothing compared to the you know looking like with the defense that won that Super Bowl, but right. it's still yeah. really good. And then you look at the offense; you have Jerry Judy, you have Cortland Sutton, you have Tim Patrick, who looks really decent. I said Cortland Sutton, but I meant KJ Hamler. And then look mm-hmm. who's injured: Cortland Sutton, who's your number one. So like you have a one sure. and a one A in Judy and Sutton, probably. Uh, hey, Patrick's been balling though. Tim that's Patrick. what I'm saying. He's probably he's probably not going to be back next year. But okay. um, like you have you have a solid three. Plus you have Noah Fant at tight end. You have a and then you have Albert O behind him. It hopefully come mm-hmm. back looking how he was. Like the Broncos actually have a talented roster. It's just the quarterback play is so bad. And I mean, I'm not just talking about this year. I'm talking about since Elway took over. And he got lucky with Peyton. Right. Peyton that's Manning just like was... Ted Thompson. Got lucky yeah. with Rodgers. He took over when Favre was still quarterback, and then he got – yeah. You have to make the pick when he, he's there, and you have to make the decision to pick him while you still have Brett Favre playing at a high level. Uh-huh. But how much credit do you have picking, you know, one of the best quarterbacks ever at 24? Like <laughs> – how how much credit is that? I guess I don't. 
I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think it's. Uh, I honestly think that Elway needs to get out of his own way when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks, and mm. let somebody else take it over because you've proven that you cannot do it. I think the team would be better off if that if that did happen. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, like Broncos are going to be running at the Chiefs there a little bit. I think that we got we got a and I said that a while ago we we got a pretty fast offense, um, speed wise and I think yeah yeah I think if we if we can find that quarterback or if Drew Locke can evolve, uh, yeah I, I feel like we can really and then really fight the Lin- Chiefs. Lindsey and Melvin is a great one-two punch. I mean, are you paying too sure. much for running backs? Yes, but right. The rest of your roster is like set up really well. So is it okay that you're paying too much for running backs? Yes. You just got to find that quarterback. Maybe it's this draft. You never know. I know. We'll see. We'll see. I know. I know that uh, this is most definitely a rebuilding year. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, uh, a, a weird one. We got, we, I, I believe we, Still have the youngest offense in the National Football League. So by us having the youngest offense, that being Drew Locke being on his what second year, I believe, and then obviously we got some rookies flanked on each side. Um, so let's put into account. I'm not I, COVID. I'm, no yeah. training camp. Uh, no preseason. Uh, was there preseason? I can't really no, remember. No preseason. preseason. Correct. Exactly. No preseason. So, I mean, we had some rookies coming from college, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with a lack of, um, I guess, one-on-one coaching with their coaches because a lot of it was via, um, like, Zoom and stuff like that. They were doing a lot of their sessions. Their, Do people their, still uh, say learning. Skype or is that is everything Zoom now? Yeah, everything's Zoom. Zoom is but like no, a verb Nobody now. says Skype because that used to be a verb. That or, yeah, that used to people be a say, verb. Sometimes, yeah, 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 you're right. Some people do say, hey, Skype me, but they mean Zoom. So that's just what Is it like Skype soda and pop? Like there's the correct way to say it, soda. And then you have other people <laughs> who say pop. And then you have other people who say, hey, do you want a Coke? Sure. What it's flavor? It's not pop. It's not pop. It's soda. Exactly. You have the correct way to say it, soda. It's not a bubbler. It's a bubbler. If it was a water phone, it's it would not shoot a you in the face because it's a decorative thing in the middle of a courtyard. That's a water phone. It's a, okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's an item that sits in a in front of a like a a manor or something like that in or, a park or whatever or a mansion. You throw yeah, a, uh, a water phone, wishing, but you know, wishing that no. you're going to get what you want. That's a water phone. All right, it's a it's a, a, it, uh, it's a bubbler because it just <laughs> comes out just enough that you can get something to drink. It doesn't shoot out. I will fight you forever on this. Bring All right, it. you're 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 a Wisconsinite. I'll let you have that. But okay, well, that's that's you know, Broncos, Packers, Badgers, all of the above. I think it's just a shared. You know, we we'll collectively all agree that. You know, at least for me, I'm discussing them. the Badgers, the Broncos. Seems like your Packers are obviously. We know they're doing pretty well. This year, they should they should they should make it to the playoffs. What, what, but as always, what, they may fall short. I want to say <laughs> about the Packers that I've been, you know, a little bit critical on is the Jaguar game and this past Eagle game. Yeah, the teams mm. 
the Jaguars played really hard. The Eagles do have some talent, but they haven't been putting it together. Um, those were not easy games that the Packers just ran away with. Like they dug up and finished those games off, which is great to see. They need to do it obviously against some other teams, but I mean, they already played the Saints and beat them, you know, at New Orleans. Yeah, so, yeah, the Saints aren't really the same team, but neither are the Packers. So, mm. uh, it would be it would be really awesome to see the pass rush continue to be what it was the past few games. Um, you know, Rashawn Gary's back there almost every single play. Uh, Zadarius Smith is right there. I would really like to see Preston Smith start to set the edge and stop the run because if he could do that, the Packers' defense would be really solid. It just they don't have anybody on the edge setting it and uh, making the running backs kind of turn you know turn up into the into the mess before they want. So it'd be really nice to see if the defense could continue playing as well as they are. I think Darnell Savage does a lot of that for from the safety position. He's been very good in his second year. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, Rashawn, like I said, Rashawn Gary's been very good in his second year as well. Part of that's staying healthy, but for both right, of right. them. Um, right. Yeah, I just, that really was a positive that I wanted to see that I have seen in the past few weeks is in tough games, they have pulled it together and finished games off, so. That's true. That's true. I I, I will be the first to say, um, well, not the first to say, but I'll, I'll admit it. Um, I'm, I'm, the Packers are rubbing off on me. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I I do like watching them, and I think I love I, – I really love watching – obviously, everyone loves watching Aaron Rodgers. Every football fan loves watching him. But Devontae Adams, I mean, I, I love that duo there, that Rodgers-Adams. Um, that That is a very powerful duo. Right there, and it's very entertaining to watch. But before we transition, man, I, I, in my notes, I wrote down something that I wanted to mention, um, and that was with college football. What, I really want to give a shout out to Vanderbilt's kicker Sarah Fuller. Um, obviously, a woman um, playing college football with with men, and I think that's I think that's a very monumental moment in sports history. And I want to give a shout out to her, obviously, for making history as the first woman to score in a Power Five college football game. That being her making an extra point. Um, so kudos to Sarah Fuller and please go check out her organization. I play like a girl.org. Um, she's crushing it obviously with her nonprofit and obviously, uh, literally on the football field. So huge shout out to that. And that's some pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah, that's really awesome to see. And I'm glad that Vanderbilt has been so behind her as well because, um, right. you know, when she made that, like the entire team erupted. It was a team celebration. It wasn't just uh, – she wasn't left alone to kind of celebrate. So that's really awesome to see that her teammates are behind her like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just cool. It's, I think it's really awesome. I think it's awesome just because obviously under her posts and stuff, I, I was doing some digging and research and some toxic masculinity is just gross all over it. But it's, we're it's starting good. to turn it's it around a little bit, but we're not we're yeah. not there yet. That's for sure. It's gonna it's gonna just, take a little bit. True. I'm just glad that what happened happened by her doing what she's doing because just to silence those voices, but. Just wanted to give her a shout out. Obviously, once we went from college football to professional, and that's what I wanted to mention. That's just a pretty cool moment, and uh, obviously, we'll we'll be looking back on this twenty years from now. Um, so, pretty cool stuff. 
So before we transition, let's finish our NFL talk right now. So Absolutely. last week, Absolutely. I would say I was closer to hitting on my sleeper than you were. Mark Ingram <laughs> did things, but they weren't awesome. Um, gotcha. Denzel Mims was close, but uh, he didn't he didn't have the game that I was hoping he'd have. Uh, you crushed Washington. Uh, Woo! I did want to give that shout out. I did call it, although I'll be honest, obviously. So I, I, I didn't say that Washington would win, beat the undefeated Steelers. I did say I think that they will perform better than they usually did or have this season, but they shocked the world, obviously, defeating the undefeated Steelers. But I called that bang, bang, bang. That was my. I pick. also hit on Jacksonville. And I got. The, you did hit on uh, Jacksonville. That's right. You did call. Oh, you did I thought they one. were going to win in overtime, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was not a very good throw by uh, Mike Lennon. So <laughs> let's see here. You had Alex Smith and Terry McLaurin. Both of us got one of two on the duo. Okay. So you had Alex right. Smith and Terry McLaurin. It was actually Cam Sims or. Uh, Logan Thomas, Alex Smith had a very good game, and I had Deshaun Watson who did go off, and Brandon Cooks, and it wasn't Cooks, mm-hmm. it was actually Kiki Cutie. So, uh, yeah, we were we were close there. So it was a not great, but I'd say a solid <clears throat> week. I'd say pretty solid. I mean, yeah, we're not going for you know these people who are like in our face kind of things. So, right, uh, yeah, I'm not going to pick Aaron Rodgers and Devontae right. Adams. That's a tandem because they they crunch each week. So (laughs) here we go. Let's start for this week, week four. It's week 14. Um, Shout out to the Browns for having their first winning season in like 20 years, by the way. Speaking of that, before we keep going, I'm actually very upset at myself because I got rid of Baker Mayfield on my fantasy team, and I'm really kicking myself in the butt because of that because I think the Baker Mayfield – who we saw in college, I think he has kind of rounded that I don't think so. that curve Hold in a up. sense. You Hold don't up. think so? Is it too? Is it, it's is too it early? Premature it's, here. It's just like it was his rookie year. Like he's done it in two of three games. Like let's hold up a second. Um, I think he, it's a lot of the running game still. I think it's a lot of Nick Chubb. It's a lot of Kareem Hunt. Um, Mayfield is showing some progress, some growth, which is good. Uh, but I don't want to anoint him just yet. Okay, right. I, I, I can, I can respect that. I can respect that. I, 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 I just love, I love, I love watching that. I mean, because obviously, we, all of us know preseason. They, they, I mean, that's a stacked offense. Obviously, prior to Odell's injury, uh, you know, Landry Beckham Jr. Um, obviously Baker, that running back tandem, me being a running back. I love, love, love watching Kareem Hunt and oh my god, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh Nick Chubb. Uh, I literally just Chubb. said it. Thank you. Oh, you did? Nick Chubb. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Fine. I, I know was, that when I talk I was, you zone out a little bit and don't Oh uh, no, no, no. I was <laughs> I was looking at my I was looking at my fantasy yeah, leagues actually. I, figured. <laughs> I literally have my fantasy leagues popped up here and uh I like to. I do my picks. The picks that we do, I I check out my fantasy league teams and stuff like that, and I just trying to speak stuff into existence so that I can obviously get some points on it. Yep, selfish, but 
let's get to going on this. Let's see what we can do here. <laughs> All right, who do you got for your sleeper? Sleeper. So I really want to pick the Jets, but I just feel like they're they they are purposely losing. So they fired their defensive coordinator, though. I mean, they pulled that. Firing everybody but Adam Gase. I don't understand that. <laughs> Watch Adam Gase He's, coaches them next year. They go twelve and four. Like the AFC Championship game. Only he must have some Denver Broncos. He must right. <laughs> he must have some dirt on the owner or something because. Every head coach is on the hot seat every single year. Okay, so sleeper team. Oh, yeah, I like this one. I'm going to go Vikings. Vikings against uh, the Buccaneers. You're going a little too fast here. Uh, sleeper player. Oh, sorry. oh, we're going player first. My apologies. Sleeper player. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's not. It's, it's starting to get kind of tough because we've talked about – we've talked a lot about right. – players who uh in the past so we've kind of used up a lot of them but true um yeah because we have been doing this for quite some time and again i'm not trying to pick you know a keenan allen or a michael thomas <laughs> um sleeper i'll let you go first all right, all right. You go first by the way the steelers are dogs this week are you yeah. serious who they who they, they have buffalo have? Um, okay, oh so I'm going to go with the player opposite Keenan Allen. I'm going with Big Mike Williams for the Chargers. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. All right, I got mine. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Dalton Schultz, tight end for the Cowboys. You know, he's, he's a decent player, but, you know, he still only averages about 6.5 fantasy points a game. I think he's going to have a big one. This this game against the Bengals, Bengals are ranked 30th in um, pass coverage. So, hopefully, hopefully he can sneak some, some catches in there. But, all right. Okay. So, for team, you still going Vikings? Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings against the Buccaneers. I'm going to go – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Vikings there because Bucks, Bucks have found their – have found that field to dump on the fire, and they, they've been they've been playing some good football. So I'm gonna go Vikings. The uh, Buccaneers team. are coming off a bye though, and Tom Brady off a bye. I'm just saying, and they I'm got sure. Chris Godwin right. back full health. I'm gonna go Vikings, man. All right, I'm just, Dalvin hey, Cook. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook. He he, <laughs> he definitely chefs it up back there. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yep. Who do you got? So I'm gonna go. Man, there's some there's some lines this week that are like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. What are you know what's, what? what's what's some of those spreads? <laughs> well, so okay, the Steelers are two and a half point dogs over Buffalo. Okay. Washington, who's on like a playing very well, are three point dogs to the 49ers. Um you got the Jets are 15-point dogs to the Seahawks. The Seahawks have not been playing very well. They have been really struggling. And I and I talked to somebody about this, uh, actually being um, my mom and, and Ashley. Uh, um, and they made a good point. Obviously, Russell, you know, he has a newborn at home. So maybe, maybe he's not getting as much sleep. Or there's no maybe, too. That's a fact. 
um, not getting a lot of sleep, but they, they've, they've been limping here. All right. This is going to be a tough one because I feel like offensively they've been very, very not good at all, especially since they made that court, the quarterback change. Um, mm. but they, they're eight and four. They're pushing for a playoff spot. They're going against probably the best team in the NFL. I'm going to pick the Dolphins to beat the spread against the Chiefs. The Dolphins are seven-point dogs. And they are, I believe they're at home. Um, Yep, they're at home. So It's a long long flight for the Chiefs. Home seven-point dogs, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Dolphins I'm gonna do it even though Tua <laughs> has not honestly has not looked good I he has not looked good um I'm not gonna take them to win I'm gonna take them to keep it closer than a touchdown uh, okay that can okay. come back to bite me but I like it I like it I'm gonna I'm going all in I'm taking I'm taking the Vikings to beat the Bucks the Buccaneers so but I like I like I like your take that that's favorites. that's obviously possible Man. You're going to take them to win. Okay. All right. Yep. Who do you got for your duo? My duo. Um, hmm. I don't think, man, my duo here. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I think for my duo, I'm going to go with, because that's it. Who's down there throwing for the Cowboys? It's Dalton, right? Andy Dalton. I'm going Andy Dalton and Dalton Schultz. I'm going with the Dalton, the Dalton boys. <laughs> going with the Dalton boys. Dalton Schultz. Interesting. At and Andy Dalton. Who would pick Andy Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> That's my duo right there. Well, I mean, because I really want to pick Dalton. I really want to pick Dalvin Cook, but there's no duo there. I can't say Dalvin Cook and and who is it? Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, I can't say that. That's not really Cousins a or Justin. It's not really a duo. Kirk Cousins and uh, Adam Thielen. True. I guess I really wouldn't pick Dalvin. That's that's a that's a easy pick. That's not what we do here. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, Andy Dalton and Dalton Schultz. Dalton boys are gonna show up today. That's an interesting thing. You got? That's an interesting thing. I don't hate it, by the way. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go Mitch Trubisky. Right? That's disgusting. And I'm going to go Mooney. The wide receiver opposite uh, Allen Robinson. Right. I, I'm, I'm just still disgusted on the, on the Mitch Trubisky. That's... I went with Andy Dalton. I had to go something similarly putrid. True. That's true. They're both equally. Uh, oof. Oof. We're yeah. gonna, we're gonna okay. have a really bad week this week. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. <sighs> we'll see. It's, it's what else? We got? Matthew Berry says, "Anytime you bet on the Bengals, they bone you." <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else? What else we got? So, all right. Now, for anybody who doesn't want to listen to video game talk, now's the time to tune out. But here we go. So the Game Awards, mm-hmm. Video Game Awards, came around. And uh, I would say our favorite video game this year pretty much took home everything. Uh, Laura, like literally. Laura Bailey, who voiced Abby, got the um, 
voice actor of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, best direction, uh, best sound, audio, best narrative, best narrative, and then game of the year, the biggest one. I thought maybe it was going to be Hades because um, that was a lot of people love that game, but it ended up being The Last of Us Part Two. So, which mm-hmm. I agree with. Um, I think it was pretty convincing the story and, and, and everything. And then obviously the voters as well. They were like, come on. If you uh, take how you feel about the politics around it and you just take it from a human and you take your emotions out of it, your connections to a character, like that story is incredible. Like what they did with it. It really it, is. They told a story that didn't need to be told, but was incredible it was unbelievable and uh, i'm glad that they're getting rec- the recognition they deserve with all the the toxicity and hate that has kind of followed that game so right because of having a a, a lead or a woman as the lead actor or uh, for a game women. and the protagonist etc yeah two yeah yeah and then obviously by the uh, ellie being uh gay um i love that stuff and they oh yeah speak of that they won which oh, has nothing to do with being gay, but accessibility. They yeah, that. Uh, which I, I thought it's pretty cool. Which I don't know any of the features that were in there. Uh, they had being sixty more- accessibility features. So they had like color blindness. They had it so if you can't see well, like they, uh, it basically makes it uh, kind of like black and like the symbols ba- bigger. It doesn't look like people, so that you can play the game. Um, That's yeah, awesome. like they. Basically, they said it, it's the most accept, accessible AAA game that's ever been made. So, like, indie games mm. have been um, right there, uh, a few different games. But this game brought it all and kind of made it mainstream with the way that they did it. Um, and the fact that it was such a big blockbuster game that did right. it, you know, a lot of people who um, are advocates for accessibility, which I believe everybody should be because video right. games are for everybody. Um, video yeah. games, they're just fun. They make you, yes, everybody deserves to hear the stories that are told. Um, I, I get upset, man. I, I, I wouldn't say upset. I, people who don't gatekeepers, I'll, I'll, I'll use my, I'll use my sisters as an example. My sisters aren't really video gamers. Um, and I always send them stuff about Last of Us. Now, obviously, I was sending them a bunch of stuff about the awards that they're winning. I'm just trying to encourage them to. Obviously, I don't think they're going to play the game from front to end, but I don't know. Maybe read up on it or something. Um, but they're just completely, just not interested at all. And I'm just like, man, you are really missing a story, like a very, very powerful story. And even my friends who are Xbox. I was sending them everything that Last of Us 2 was winning and some of the videos from the game just to show them the gameplay and stuff. And I'm like, fellas, you are really missing out on a, an, on an experience. That's just really what it is. And prior to, here's the thing, prior to The Last of Us, I was a gamer, but I really wouldn't say I was uh, a really heavy gamer. I still am working my way towards becoming a super heavy gamer like yourself, RJ, but I, I, I'm getting there. But prior to Last of Us, 
I played a number of games, loved, loved all the games I played, but still at that moment, my favorite game of all time, I still felt, I think just connecting it with my emotions and memories was The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Just from the barriers that that game broke through, the open world, etc. I loved it. But coming into Last of Us and playing that, man, obviously we're talking different eras, different consoles, of course, too. When you talk about The Last of Us, you talk about Sony Studios, you talk about the voice acting, etc., their facial expressions. That is everything that you want in a video game because I can sit there and watch somebody play it from front to end just because it really would feel like I'm actually watching a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be a very, very long movie, but that's just, just how awesome it is. Um, so I'm glad that they won the awards that they won because I think Naughty Dog as a whole most definitely deserved it. I agree. Rant over. It, <laughs> I don't so. understand how you can look at that story and be like, yeah, I understand that you could say like there was a lot of filler in the game and the game took longer than maybe it should have. Yeah. But honestly, if you look at the story beats and you look at the story that it told, the story that it continued, it really did. Um, it did something special. It really did. And the gameplay was near perfect. I mean, that gameplay was un- unreal. The sound design, I mean, it made you feel tense it made you feel uh you know you 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 could feel the chills down your spine you could mm-hmm. your all your muscles tensed up you know you, you your breathing got a little heavy yeah every time man when you'd have to go underground to continue going in the direction that you're going you're oh like oh gosh here we go gotta go underground you know what's underground there's gonna be zombies there's gonna be all the above so i was just like okay Let's do this. So just exactly what you're saying. I'm just echoing it. It, it. That game did a really phenomenal job of tapping into every one of your emotions. And, and uh, then like it was awesome. the flashbacks that it showed really mm-hmm. connected what was happening then yep. and pulled at your heartstrings a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that mm-hmm. I I think that that uh, most deservedly so won game of the year. So. Yep. Hands down, hands down, and it's just exciting to see where games are going. I mean, well, as I as I as I spoke to you the other day, I, I said, you know, twenty years ago we were obviously we weren't where we are now. Um, and fast forward to twenty years where we are now, look at the jump that we made. So where are we going to be in ten years from now? Um, it's going to be it's a very fun time right now, very exciting time for for the video game realm. And as we've seen, we were seeing a lot of actors and actresses are getting in the video games. Uh, I mean, we even have politicians that being AOC hopping on Twitch. Yeah, obviously, there's an ulterior motive, but that just goes to show you how expansive the video game world is. It's massive. Well, I mean, politicians are allowed to have fun, too, whether they're Touché. talking about their <laughs> positions or not. Like, Touché. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just humanizes those politicians as well, right? Um, True. And they they obviously were having fun while they were playing it. So that's mm. yeah, that it, it's 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 an expanding medium. It's a growing medium. It's really coming into its own as far as storytelling goes, and marrying that with gameplay. Um, the risks that are taken sometimes by indies 
and then what ends up happening. That's really, it's really fun to see. I mean, you know, just a, a short two hour experience gone home that game. It's, Ooh, I want to play it, that. It you still, did for me. It's a short it game. It sticks with me, that story, because it's so incredible. It's so amazing. And then, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to get into these uh, kind of stories, but yeah, gone home is available on pretty much any system that you have. And, um, yeah, your time 10 years from now, it'll be interesting to see if VR, virtual reality, takes that jump. Um, that kind of, mm-hmm. that the NES or the Super NES kind of, you know, did for the home console. If uh, VR can take a jump and become kind of the home console, uh, maybe that's where we are in 10 years. We're kind of more immersed, more simulation. Um, right. That'd be pretty sweet, man. I'm actually really looking forward to it because I think the possibilities are endless. I mean, look, and as I stated 20 years ago, look at the jump we made. Obviously, with the technology we have now, that jump can happen a lot. That similar jump can happen sooner. So 10 years from now, as opposed to 20, yeah, we might be, hopefully, you know, this is my conspiracy, of course, but hopefully we don't slip into a most people wanting to live in the simulation as opposed to the reality. So who knows? <laughs> we who could knows? be a simulation right now. How do you know? Uh-oh. 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 It's, Here we it's, go. Uh-oh. It's, it's, it's Ma- Monte's, Monte's conspiracy corner. Here we go. Monte's conspiracy. Bring I like that. Back. I like that. Let's bring them back to this. So escaping the matrix. I loved watching this show about this guy oh, who explained really how. It. I'll be I'll be super fast. Give me one minute. Uh, they talked about when people think that we're living in the Matrix. You know, obviously, people who have seen the Matrix were plugged into a machine. Machines are using our energy as pretty much batteries, etc. So that's not what people think when we're talking about living in a simulation. When people talk about us living in a simulation, they use great examples. Okay, whenever we look at something, our brain automatically flips the image or obviously it it's it, it's it when it hits our eyeball the light it's upside down and our brain automatically flips that image very similar to how our brain is a computer to actual computers how the internet is really an expansive simulation of ones and zeros but it gets decoded through our monitor screen, our desktop monitor screen, and obviously, boom, it's decoded in a language that we can understand. So what if our entire reality is that? What, something that we're not observing. What if it's just ones and zeros or what have you, but until we observe it, we decode it that quickly. Just like how our internet does, or our, excuse me, our desktop does, our monitor screen, etc. I don't know. You know, I don't want to get too deep into that rabbit well, hole. Uh, it's late in the cast, but that stuff is so interesting to me because we already do it. Our body, our brain already does it. Um, decoding information so quickly. When light hits our eye, that object that we're seeing, it was actually upside down until our brain flips it that fast and decodes it and say, okay, this is a laptop. This is a mic. This is a coffee cup. You know what I'm saying? What does it look like when it's not observed? Uh, coffee cup. Well, it's the same theory as does a does a tree make a sound when it falls in the woods if no one's around to observe? Yes. It? 
So they use that theory of just like in video games, in video games, in order to preserve processing power, the unobserved world in video games is not developed until the character observes it or walks in it. What if that's like our real life right now? I don't know. It's theory, of course. It's entertaining. I don't think we have enough time right now for me to really provide more examples, but it's pretty cool stuff. I mean, obviously, I don't believe it fully. I just like to challenge my mind. Reality is 90% perception, right? So how you perceive something is your reality. So everybody lives a little different than everybody Mm -hmm. else. And I think we can see that right now in the U S and, uh, how we're responding to this pandemic. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's why a lot of people feel like others are more judging, judgy towards them than they really are. Or, um, like when I go into situations, uh, I like to try to think back and be honest with myself. Like what really happened? What did they really say? And did I just perceive that they said it in a way that was uh, uh, offensive or did they really say it offensive? Like, and that has helped me in a lot of situations kind of be like, no, that's just me. It's a, it's a me issue. I need to take care of that. Um, that's some, that's, that's some strong emotional intelligence right there or a very developed sense of emotional intelligence. That's, that's pretty maybe. cool. Maybe. Uh, but that's just, you know, some <laughs> ways that, is that really your, is your brain really flipping it or is your brain just kind of like, that's how it processes? Um, mm. You know, that I guess that's the way to, to look at it. And it, you're saying the same things, but. Um, right, right. All about perception. It, perception is, is reality. It's definitely interesting. It makes you think, but. Uh, right, right. I guess that's. I feel my honest go. opinion. Yeah, I don't think we're living in a simulation. I think. I think. Yeah, that 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 we can end it right there. <laughs> so, so you don't put a seventy-two hour hold on me, RJ. <laughs> that that's for uh, when we start talking about flat Earth. <laughs> and again, I'm not making lights or making fun of seventy-two hour holds, but just some brother-in-law love here. Um, you know, you know, I can go pretty deep down that rabbit hole <laughs> with my dad. <laughs> oh, so ga- speaking of game awards, was there any games? Because there's always game announcements and hype moments uh, for oh, the future. Yeah. It's not just celebrates what happened over the past year, but it it shows what's coming out in the future. So, is there anything that got you excited? Hmm. 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 I'm trying to remember back. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, the hype that I witnessed on Twitter from the Mass Effect announcement. That's what I was going to say. The Mass Effect announcement got me hyped. Has pulled me into now. I've never played it, but I'm going to play it. Like it was my favorite video game story until Last of Us and uh, Part 2 and... Honestly, even after the first Last of Us, I love the Mass Effect story, like the sci-fi story that they told. Mm-hmm. It's up there with Star Trek and Star Wars. Like they oh, made gosh. this universe that is just it's 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 a really engaging, it's a really uh it's a full universe that they made and it's, you know, your character transferred with you across three games and uh the decisions you made in the first game, you saw 
the impact of them in the third game. Um, it the second game cool. is looked at as uh, one of the best games from the PS3 and 360 generation. I agree. It's a really, really good game. I like Mass Effect 1 better, though, because so Mass Effect 1 is a true RPG. It's like it is a very it's a the very start of an action RPG, but it's pretty much you're just it's an RPG. The second and third ones are more actiony, but they're also somewhat RPGs. So I love an RP, a really good RPG. So that's why I like the first one a little bit better. But dude, when they showed Liara on screen and like that N seven, <laughs> like I was like, I didn't, I haven't played the last one yet, um, because I was, it was really buggy when it came out. So I was waiting for them to fix it. They fixed it, and but I haven't had time to like jump into a Mass Effect game. But that trailer, like that announcement. It got me so hyped. I pulled it out and I'm installing it on my PS5 so I can play it. Like, <laughs> real. That's how it got me. That's I'm telling you, I have not witnessed hype for a video game like that in a while because just like we stated with Last of Us, The Last of Us did not need a sequel. It didn't. But the sequel was amazing, but it it didn't. They could have stopped at the first one and it would have been still top video game, you know, up there with the greats, you know, to the end of time. But so there was there was a lot of hype, but there still was a lot of questioning like, okay, they don't need to do this. But seeing the hype for Mass Effect, I was like, what is this game? Why is pretty much everybody talking about it right now on Twitter? You know, obviously in the the tab of gamings or games or what have you. Um, I mean, it was blown up. So I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I feel like I'm missing out. I know I know I'm missing out. So that that must definitely it's cool a on trilogy. My it's not just a game; it's a trilogy. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And like yeah, it. it is. It's you can get into it as much as you want, but man, I spent was a lot of time. Um, Mass Effect Three. There was. It okay. was a lot of fun. It was like it was kind of like a wave based, and I don't know why it was so much fun. We put hours into it, and it's there. Were, it was with people who never even played the campaign, had no interest in the campaign, never played a Mass Effect before. They had a lot of fun with that. Mass Effect Andromeda had the same, um, the same multiplayer on it, and it was wave based, and it just was not fun. Uh, I think it, part of it was map design, but the other part of it was uh, maybe the classes. I'm not exactly sure, but Mass Effect 3's was a lot more fun. So, but it's about the single player. It's not about the multiplayer. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's. That seems exciting. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that was the first time I've ever watched a Game Awards show because I, 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 I didn't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know how, obviously I know video games are popular, but I just, I mean, we had celebrities, big time celebrities announcing stuff. I mean, we had, I, it's Christopher just really cool Nolan gave out the Game of the Year. Christopher Nolan, my favorite director. That's pretty cool. See, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Gal Gadot was on there giving an award. Um, uh, who else? Tom Holland. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good old Spider-Man was out there giving an award. I mean, that's some pretty cool stuff, man. I think it's it's starting to become extremely inclusive because um, everyone can see where, where it's going. Obviously, the actors and actresses are interested because of uh, there's money. There's a lot of money involved in video games. Um, but also, but just, as many, I was going to say, the... Sorry, uh, 
the gatekeepers that used to keep people out of video games are starting to get kind of pushed to the side. You know, like like we said earlier, video games are for everyone. And it, it, mm. people are starting to uh, not just accept that, but like usher people in. Like, you know, be like, hey, there is legitimately a video game that you will enjoy. It's just a matter of right. finding that video game. That, Yeah, that's that's the thing that video games are really starting to take off with now. Right. I agree. I agree. And I think it's it's I love. You know, obviously, I think our relationship got closer. We never obviously you and I never had a broken relationship, but I think we've gotten closer because of video games. So and I'll be the first to admit you you have introduced me into the expansive world of video games because I think I was just right there on the surface. You know, I'd play Halo. I'd play Madden. I'd play FIFA. I'd play, you know, obviously some some good games here and there, but I really didn't dive into the stories, the making of video games, the, the, you know, all of the above. So I, I, I thank you for that. Cause I think it's, I've been missing out for so long and I think it's really awesome because it's being able to say that I'm, a, I'm, I'm here. I'm along for the journey is an awesome thing. Watching it grow, watching it become more inclusive is a, is a beautiful process, man. And, and, and it's pretty cool. That's why I'm looking forward to us to really, expanding this podcast, doing a lot more streaming, doing some video with our audio, um, with our podcast, uh, and just doing all the above, maybe even getting other people on to play video games against them while we interview. I mean, I'm looking forward to all this stuff because, uh, I think, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm excited for what we got kind of cooked up for next year. So, Mm -hmm. but all right, where can they find you months? Yes, yes. Uh man, this was a pretty sweet episode, man. Before I get to that point, uh, this was this was cool. This was cool, but you guys can find me at Monteball28 on Twitter, Monteball on Instagram, obviously the untapped keg pages on social media as well. Send us a message, topics, literally whatever and we will cover them. Um RJ, where can they find I'm you? I'm at its trickster on Twitter, ITZ, the I is a one in trickster. Um you find us on Um, There you can send us an email. You find us, like Mont said, any of the social medias. You look up Untapkeg. If you just Google Untapkeg, we come up. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, Share us with your friends. We're on all podcast services. Uh, yeah, subscribe. Give us a, let us know how we're doing. We, you know, we're in the middle of uh, trying to make some changes, trying to um, make this a, a little bit more of what, people like to hear so um yep and then also keep our message so please let us know how we're doing and uh let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today because at least if we fail we're trying everyone have a great week thank you for listening Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.